Are you tired of holding back your thoughts and opinions? Ready to let loose with like-minded men? Introducing the ultimate monthly video-based happy hour for men. Join us for an exclusive unfiltered experience where you can talk about women, cars, movies, and anything else on your mind. Best of all, it's not recorded and there's no censorship. You can freely speak your mind without any worries. All you have to do is join my Patreon at tier number one, and you'll gain access to this one-of-a-kind gathering. Visit patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. That's patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. Or click the link in the description. It's like the good old days when men would get together and talk about man stuff without being bothered by women. Sometimes guys just need a good group of men to hang out with. It's good for our mental health. Don't miss out on the camaraderie and conversation. Join us today and let your voice be heard. Visit my Patreon page and sign up now. Cheers to freedom of speech and great company. Warning, warning. The United States government has issued a civil warning for all citizens of the United States. We're going live. We'll do it live. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host. Paul Bauer. What's going on, man? We are live on a Tuesday night. What could be so important that we have to go live and give you a bonus episode this week? Well, the answer is simple. My man Thor here is looking for a few good men. He's looking for a few brave men that are willing to do some dangerous work. I, of course, talk about being a power lineman. What's going on, Thor? Oh, living the dream, man. Swinging that hammer of thunder and uh, making bank. Are, are we talking about an actual, <laughs> an actual hammer? Or are we talking oh, about, sure, a, sure, anyway, sure. Let's, uh, we're not going to talk about that. Look, guys, before we get too far into this, I wanted to show this clip uh, from Mike Rowe. You guys might know him from Dirty Jobs. I thought this is was sort of apropos for our discussion. Oh, an actual hammer. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's official <laughs> line work. Tools. I thought you were talking about your your Johnson, but okay, here we go. Oh, gonna... <laughs> now come on, this is a family friendly uh, podcast here. Is it though? Okay, here's uh here's this clip from Mike Rowe, and then we'll uh, we'll get started here. Right. The little secret of Dirty Jobs was that easily forty of the people we featured on that show were multimillionaires. None of them began with what would make me happy. Happiness is a it's a terrific symptom. It's, it's a terrible. Goal. These people looked around to see where everybody was running, and they ran in the opposite direction. That's where they found opportunity. Then they found a way to get good at it. Then they learned their trade. They they mastered it. Then they found a way to be passionate about it. So they got to the same place, but they didn't start on this snipe hunt of what will make me happy. They looked around and said, where are the jobs? And they got them. Where are the jobs? You know, that's what that we're going to guy, talk about that, today. That guy's an amazing guy, really. I mean, um, we'll get to it in a little bit, but with the video, uh, the short video course that I put out called, you know, how to become a power lineman, where do I start? I mean, it's really a confusing process, but in that uh, course that I'm offering today uh, that is going to be linked to you, Paul, yeah. I actually have a section that talks about micro. And this is really important because on his website, uh, Mike Rowe actually has a picture of him climbing a pole. Uh, oh, does he? Okay. Oh, absolutely. He loves power alignment. But the point of it is, is he has the Mike Rowe uh, Works Foundation. And for those that can't afford it, they give a million dollars out a year. 
a million dollars. And this goes to tech school. Yeah, there you go. There's me back in the day working with the fly. That's, that's you. Yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm, Dude, with you look my so pencil. different now, man. <laughs> well, I'm probably 30 pounds of muscle heavier. But You're I probably will tell 30 you, pounds of beard lighter too in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I man. thought you were born with that beard, but okay. Well, okay. Yeah, I was born with that pencil uh, goatee though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was my flying weight. You know, uh, it's definitely a good idea to be a little bit lighter. If you slip, you got to be able to hang on with one hand and, and stuff like that, you know, but that, yeah, I was instructing young men and that's really what got me into our space is the mm. years instructing young men how to become power linemen and not kill themselves. Cause uh, back to Mike Rowe, I'm getting sidetracked here. Mike Rowe offers these scholarships for men who cannot afford it, where their schooling is completely paid for and their job placement is as well. They go through a pledge and an interview process. Very simple. They're going to ask them four questions. You're going to have to do a zoom with them and uh, be willing to, here's the point. Here's the point. We've been taught all our lives. To work smarter, not harder. You ever hear that term? Yeah. Yep. Complete and total utter bullshit. That is the wrong mentality to put into your subconscious. It's work smart and work harder always. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a big key. And that's really the foundation that Mike Rowe Ro uses is work smart and work harder. And uh, that's how you get successful and actually find fulfillment in these jobs that might seem mundane. They, you actually develop a passion for it. I wasn't born with a passion to do line work, my friend. But after meeting the men that do this, the type of risks that they take, I'll have you know this. Power, being a power liner is about 120,000 right now mm -hmm. in the United States and in Canada. That's yeah. 120,000 people doing it? Journeyman lineman. That's, That's correct. That's it for the entire okay. power grid. Now, the power grid is actually the world's largest machine. And in some ways, the most complex. It spans the globe, spans continents. And it provides the electricity that everybody is so dependent on. So the maintenance and construction is on the backs of power linemen and the engineers that help them design and maintain the grid. Those men are in a position that's been notoriously dangerous. At the turn of the last century, right up into the 20s, it had a fatality rate of one in two by the time you were 35. So if you started with a guy at 20, you would, half of you would be gone by 35. This is no lie. They made a movie about it starring uh, um, uh, uh, some famous old actor in the 20s, and it was, it was called Slim the Lineman. Uh, if you look it up, it's free online, but uh, it was about a young man who was a farmer. He saw these linemen out there working. One of them fell off the tower, but he had, this kid had watched all day long, his teenage kid. The story was, and it was based on a true story. And, you know, they carted the guy off. And then the kid came back the next day to watch and said, well, how do I become a lineman? And he, he handed him the dead guy's tools and say, here you go. Let's start. Are you serious? This is like, in the twenties. Yeah, this is called Slim the Lineman. His name was Slim. Yeah. Okay. Pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, 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 pretty wild stuff. But um, it was very, very dangerous. And to this day, it's still quite dangerous. Electricity is unforgiving. It's almost a magical power you can't see. Mm -hmm. We really only know it by theory. You know, it it does certain things because 
you know, we've understood some of the math and how materials react with it. We still don't understand the full potential of these, of the magnetic fields or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's very fundamental stuff. And so today we are the third or the fourth most dangerous occupation in North America, if not the world outside of certain niches, but work that people do. It's far more dangerous than being a policeman or a fireman by quadruple. And the way they measure that is per hours worked, how many injuries and fatalities there are. We're mm. eclipsed by loggers and we're eclipsed by deep sea mixed gas divers. You know, there's certain other industries that are very, very difficult and hard. And of course, by uh, crab fishermen in the North Bering Sea, that's pretty high fatality, right? But we've been bringing it down over the years and that's been pretty fantastic, really. You know, I yeah. myself- I was gonna, food, I was gonna, I was gonna ask- food. Yeah. I was going to ask, have there been advances in, in, uh, safety and safety equipment since, mm -hmm. I don't know, since the twenties? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I mean, the body belts and the, uh, uh, the harnesses have made leaps and strides. We use double safeties now to prevent falls. That's a bit, that was a big, big deal. Just, I mean, maybe 10 years ago that came in mm -hmm. a lot of free climbing before that everybody prefers it and feels very safe and comfortable, but you know, being an older guy and having been injured on the job and encountering 12,000 volts up close and personal being 27 days in the in intensive care after a close encounter with 12,000 volts and 14 reconstructive surgeries later, I understand why you should want to be safe. So mm -hmm. double safeties, we use fire retardant clothing anymore, face shields, things of that nature to try to reduce the impact of these tremendous uh, energies that we deal with. Uh, even barehanded sometimes when we put the steel suits on and climb mm. out hundreds of feet in the air off a helicopter onto these lines in order to keep them energized so that your power doesn't go down so you can keep streaming Paul and you don't yeah. have any interruptions. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, that's actually uh kind of a th good thing that you brought up that I, we use this, right. I use this for streaming. Everyone uses electricity on a daily basis. But uh, one of the things that I believe it says on the description for your course is that uh, was it like 45% of, of these linemen are, are almost at retirement age and there, there, there's a massive shortage going on. That is correct. And it's even worse here out on the West coast. And I'll talk about that in a little bit and why the course is priced the way it is. That's an interesting point I want to make. But yeah, across the nation, power linemen and journeyman linemen are older. I'm over 60. There are a lot of guys like me. In fact, in the next five to seven years, 45% of us will be over 65 years of age. Mm. It's an incredibly physical, hard job. We cannot replace them at the rate that we want to replace them. There will be a period of time in which we will have a five to 10 year gap in enough guys to do the work. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to get this out there to young guys that might have checked out of the job industry because they're not making enough money. They're not happy cube farming somewhere. This is a really different type of career that will not be replaced by robots anytime soon until they can build one that is fully capable of all human function physically. Because in order to protect the public and society, we have to keep electricity isolated. In order to do that, we have to put it deep underground. And that doesn't actually last very long. That's about a 15 to 25 year lifespan on what we put underground. The materials don't last that long. And the materials that do, 
they're toxic. It's like lead and oil and stuff like that. Um, mm. More inert stuff. Uh, um, we, we tried to make it last. The industry created PCBs, the miracle oil that lasted forever. And we found out how bad that was, you know. Um, but um, wood, aluminum, copper, the stuff we put in the air on steel towers, that stuff lasts. It doesn't mm -hmm. break down, but it lasts. And it's ugly, but it lasts and men have to maintain it. And in order to have power, there will always be guys that have to do that. And most of it's been put out of sight in very rugged environments, very harsh environments for the purposes of people just don't want to look at it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm dead serious. It was called beautification. This happened some 50 years ago. It's called a beautification program. And that was to move all of the power lines in the backyards or put it up against the mountains, particularly here in California. We put it up in the mountains and in places where we couldn't see it down in the city. Uh -huh. it, ended up, it ended up being a huge mistake because when we have the fire, when they have fires, they have massive, massive power outages because of we wanted everything to be beautiful. Yeah. Where, where are all the fires at? In the national forests? <laughs> I know, genius. I know. They, people are I genius. Mean, yeah. They were doing a good thing. They wanted people to be happy and not have to look at these things, right? Right. Yeah, uh, it's all about the fields. Ultimately, yeah. that means for a guy that's a power lineman, doesn't mind getting dirty, likes getting up early and staying late, you know, and wants to be, you know, a swinging, you know what, out on the line and uh, beat his chest and work with a bunch of men, mm -hmm. uh, then he's got a blank check because... I'll tell you this, in this trade, in this trade, you can make a lot of money. And the reason why is, is the unions are very strong and they, they're across the nation, even though it's a little less in the right to work states, it doesn't really matter. The skills are still the same. Mm -hmm. Because the skills are the same and the demand is there, you still have to pay. And that payment is generally a straight time rate for eight hours. Anything beyond that is paid at a double time rate. That's two times your straight time rate. If you go above a certain, and it is varies region to region, but if you go above a certain footage above the ground, it's called high time rate. That once again, doubles the pay. If you are a fly lineman or do human external cargo where you're working off of the skids or working off a long line, that induces a premium to your hourly rate on top of the double rate. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. so not only getting your, there's, a, there's a lot of like uh pay incentives based on the, the, the job that you're doing at right. the time and, and the dangerous level of it, right? Yes, and then there's specialties. The I've I've held six different specialties myself, and it definitely adds up. And when you're working outside line, they also offer a certain radius uh, around where your work base is or where you're located. They pay you what's called per diem because they know you have to go out and either camp or stay in a hotel and feed yourself. Okay. And that ranges anywhere from about $75 or $50 a day to $150 a day. And by the way, that's tax-free. Every day, day in and day out. Your tax per diem's tax-free? Absolutely tax-free. Oh, that's yep. cool. It's the cost of doing business. You got to be fed and you got to be housed. And we're asking you to go out and do this work. And that's that's paid to you tax-free. You gotcha. still got to afford it, of course. That's an exemption. That dude, guys, guys will go to the crappiest places to get that 150 bucks a day, and they'll stay basically in a modified tent trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. <laughs> and they'll eat, they'll eat, uh, they'll eat a bunch of AM PM hamburgers, you know. Yeah, and, and just rack that money up and try to work 10 hours a day, seven days a week. 
That's that. That's uh. That's the whole minimalistic lifestyle, right? Just... Yeah, we actually have quite a few guys that do that in California. A lot of guys actually own ranches or cattle ranches and things like that in the Midwest, and their families are there. Mm -hmm. They'll bring out, say, a fifth wheel or a motorhome to California, where I'm at. And so out here, they'll come out here and work for six to eight months out of the year, and then take the four months out of the year off, mm. and they'll pay somebody to tend their farms or their their ranches. But the reason they do that is they pretty much get 10 to 12 hours a day straight up and okay. they take their motorhomes and put them in a park wherever they need to be. And there you go. They can do that. They can work. And if they promote to a lead lineman, the wage is really good. And I'll just give you a general bar part. But the reason I offered the course at a price of exactly one hour of pay for an outside lineman uh, for total compensation straight time here in California where the huge need is it's more than anywhere in the nation uh, because we didn't do a lot of maintenance a lot of years, but that wasn't, that was the state, not necessarily the, the guys. It's 8821 to buy into this course to find out what you need to do to make yourself more presentable as a power lineman. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, that's kind of what I walk you through in about an hour. And then I give you all of the contacts for every school across the United States and Canada. So you'll have the websites, the phone numbers, the address to all the schools and to all of the outside line qualified uh, joint apprenticeship training committees, which is affiliated with the IBEW. So you'll at least know where to go. And then the really important thing is, as I will show you, and give you links to where you can start your certification process and make yourself even more valuable by obtaining a commercial driver's license, a fixed crane operator's license, and a heavy equipment operator's license. And you could go even further than that and you can get a, you know, a rope access technician certification. So you can stack these things up. So when you actually make your application, well, they can't officially you know, take you for those reasons and other reasons. But if they see that on your resume, it's extra training that they don't have to pay for, mm -hmm. which might make them more inclined to pick you up, shall we say? Yeah, it's more attractive. It's, uh, I, I call it, uh, <laughs> I call it resume fodder. You know, it's, uh, it, it not, it doesn't necessarily. Well, it, it's important too, because you can make a yeah. living on just those certifications. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it also, I mean, it just makes you more attractive. And if they're looking at two possible candidates and you're you're loaded up with certifications, like you're just going to look like the better candidate. You know, it's all about competition and stuff, too. Um, speaking of speaking of uh, competition, though, and we we touched on this a little bit. Uh, we talked about how there's a there's a shortage. There's a shortage mm -hmm. of of linemen. And uh, you sent me this this. Uh, news article i wanted to show that real quick here oh yeah please do this is i think this one if this is the news report it's a couple years old but it still stands yeah it looks like it's from 2022 but let's let's see okay. if we can play this here for for people yeah it's a good one there is a shortage of electrical linemen it's a national crisis that can you hear this okay all of us who use yes city to power our homes, schools, and businesses. And it's the focus of tonight's critical careers. Tom Overly's at the other side of the studio, Tom. Right, Caitlin, that shortage of linemen is due to a couple of factors like baby boomers retiring and hiring slowdowns during the recession. I caught up with a few who work for People's Co-op to get a closer look at their jobs and get the pros and the cons of the profession. 
It just, it just covered everything. The Halloween blizzard, an ice storm of 1991. Literally the thousands of people who were affected and uh, all of the phone calls. The enormity of it. Utility lines and poles snapped under the weight of ice, cutting power to more than 20,000 in southeast Minnesota. Without power, thousands were left literally out in the cold. Many found shelter at the Red Cross and the mall. More recently in Florida, Hurricane Ian, that storm also damaged the power grid, leaving millions without electricity. These are the men and women who sweep in to fix things, qualified electrical linemen. They're the ones who maintain our power lines that keep electricity flowing to our homes, our schools, our hospitals and businesses. See lines going into yes. this development. Yep. But there is a crisis, a shortage of linemen across the U.S. Industry says demand for experienced linemen called journeymen is expected to climb now eight and a half percent in the next four years. This year alone, more than 21,000 jobs. Without linemen to build and maintain the lines, our nation's power grid is threatened. These guys are working 10-hour days. Yeah. So what does it take to fill these important roles? The journey as a lineman begins with extensive training. A lot of community colleges, technical colleges uh, within the state of Minnesota here offer uh, power line programs. And depending on the program, if you get accepted into an apprenticeship program, you can work as a paid apprentice. You'll learn the knowledge and skills to pass that apprenticeship, which takes about 7,500 hours. And then there's the nice paycheck can be anywhere from 25, you know, as just starting out, up to 50, 55 an hour. Tyler Steinbrink is a crew leader with People's Co-op. I graduated line school in 2012. He likes the variety that comes with the job. And it's ever-changing. No two days are the same, no outages the same, um, no jobs the same. Right. It's, it's always something different. That's very true ups and downs. It's a job with some dangers, live power, working in adverse weather, and those high elevations. You know, if you get up in one of these buckets... Chicks love danger, water, guys. Chicks love danger, you know what I mean? Everything, and they love that money, you know what I mean? Okay. Oh, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I can talk to this, too. I mean, some of the things that I've actually Part of the reason I got into this was a sense of pride, you know, to... Uh, provide that power and be part of that process. He's a Chad. Jason Campbell was just a kid in Austin during that Halloween storm of 1991. It was a long couple days, yeah. He remembers the cold and the dark, not understanding the work it took for the more than 200 linemen, the heroes of that storm, to restore power, never imagining one day he'd be one of those heroes. Um, makes me feel proud. Um, you know, being part of this team, now kind of managing these guys. They are the men and women, the linemen, who connect us as a nation with the electrical power grid in good times and in bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an essential job that most people don't really think about until their power goes out. It is an essential job, and I did check in with Rochester Public Utilities. They do not have a shortage of qualified candidates at this moment. They are hiring from Dakota County Tech, Minnesota State Community, and Technical College in Medina and in Jackson. More information on our website about this as well. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, definitely, I've seen some amazing things. And and the thing they said at the, at the first is, is a national issue, and it really truly is. We don't seem to be able to put enough crews on site as it is, so guys work a lot. 
And um, it's really, the field is really interesting. It's one of the few fields where you will find less than, you know, 0.01% of the field being filled by females because of the nature of it. The nature of using a body belt puts a tremendous amount of strain. I don't know if you know the physiology between men and women, but there is an angle of the thigh bones that go into the hips. Mm -hmm. There's two requirements when you're being a lineman, wearing the body belt will press in on that at a different fact. It's quite painful after a few minutes for a female, whereas a guy could tolerate for hours uh, just because of where her insertion is on those um, uh, femurs. That's mm -hmm. right. The other fact is uh, upper body strength. In order to do alignment work, you will you will consistently lift between 50 and 70 pounds from your belly button to just around this this level here, because mm. you'll, you'll be doing this with the equipment at height. So you know if you have any of that weight and you're in the body belt, it causes even more stress. So I mean you don't have to move it a lot; it's probably your body, but just that right there. Usually, they don't change. The physical requirements in this industry for females because we would kill them in the field and we we're not going to do that so it's like it's one of those things too where you 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 wouldn't really want them to lower the safety standards yeah. and, and requirements just to accommodate women because that's how people die and, and i will say this there has been a few there's mm -hmm. been a few and and they gotta work really really hard and most of the times they do a pretty darn good job but then you know, as soon as there's a promotion opportunity out of the crew and into engineer, that's where they go. And they're very much would be in demand for that, but they're going to spend a good four to seven years before they can get out. So it's got to be a tremendous toll on a female's body. Cause you know, most, most linemen are, it's have some form of disability today between age 50 and 60 that limits uh, them physically in some fashion. Gotcha. Um, so would you say then that this isn't one of those jobs when they're talking about equal, equal pay and, you know, women are fighting for, uh, you know, the same jobs as men and stuff like that. This isn't one of those jobs. There's no they're, line they're, waiting to get in. The feminists aren't fighting for this job is what you're saying. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know what? There is, there is yeah. something interesting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of linemen have something called a starter wife. A starter wife, okay. Yeah, because the pay is so good. And when you're this young guy, you become immediately attractive, immediately, because most guys that go through apprenticeship aren't fat. There is a weight requirement. You can't be over 300 pounds. Okay. <laughs> I've seen some really buff guys who want to do it, but you can't be over 300 pounds to be in certain lifts or even fly. So, you know, if you're going to really make the money, those guys aren't, you know, 200 pounds, 220 is about max. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so those guys are pretty attractive and they get snapped up by pretty young gals for a while. And then the guys learn their lesson because they're out working all the time. So out of sight, you know, sounds a lot like know, the, the cat's right? away, the mice will play. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, uh, so, uh, we have like uh, Kate here in the chat. I don't know if she's still in the chat, but uh, oh, okay. she hates brokies and she hates fat dudes. So she would love a power lineman, right? Because they can't be fat and then they're not broke because they actually uh, get oh. paid pretty good. And, and you know, the, the lineman wives are mm -hmm. super proud. Most of them are highly traditional. If you go on any of the, uh, any of the uh, Facebook pages like lineman on the wires or any of those things, you'll see them. There's a huge demand. In fact, I made a good living selling uh, gifts and things to lineman wives when I created a website 
back in 1999. It was the first and the largest, and it only went out of business a few years ago when the wife got injured. And we sold a lot of shirts that said a couple of really interesting things, which was one of them was, uh, you know, power line wise rule, things like that. And then, of course, there was one, which is a nice little tank top that said, light up your life, sleep with a lineman, you know, things like that. It really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. like that. They're very proud, you know, <laughs> wife of the lineman, you know, a lot of stuff like that. So that did really well for a long time until the advent of print on demand, you know. Ah, yeah. Uh, red bubble <laughs> which you can still buy all of my lineman design shirts and stickers on my red bubble at rp thor so that's right that's right that's always Spe pretty good speaking of uh your designs and stuff like that you have this uh this video here that you want yes. to talk over let's okay. show that let's let, show let that me real preface quick. this video this video was made back in 2012 and 2013 because yeah, go ahead and play it. This is uh, during the Hurricane Stan Sandy season, and I was training young men. Uh, am I muted? Hello? No, no, you're not muted. You're okay, good. good, the good, good. The, the, we muted the music, though. Oh, okay, great. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I shot all this video, and the reason you're not hearing any sound is because I, had, I did this for the corporation, and we bought the rights to this music. However... The people that made the music solo to a production company and sold to another production company now claim we don't have the rights, even though I have the PDF and all that. So every time it airs, I have to send the PDF in. So it's ridiculous. But this was an internal advertisement for recruitment. And I shot all this video and I was with these guys the whole time showing them how to learn line work. Here's a guy up a 200 foot tower getting ready for some bare hand work. Tower rescue. Good friend of mine. We're doing some maintenance on some training towers. Oh, uh, that's pretty interesting. I have a lots of video like this. This is some of the artwork that I did. I hand drew all of that uh, for the website. This too, this was done in charcoal and then transposed electronically. Uh, that's me hanging up on the tower. Here's some of the work we did on car hip poles, you know, just doing a lot of restoration. And uh, you can see all the young men in the training up the towers and the poles where we're telling them and teaching them how to do it safely. That's called hot sticking right there, so they don't electrocute themselves. That's me in what's called a Faraday suit on a 500,000-volt line changing out gunshot insulators. And this is the tower rescue, so if somebody get injured... We I thought that guy down. fell for a second there. No, no, <laughs> it was a his time lapse. Okay. This is, up, this is up. Get Okay, this is me and a couple other guys. We're getting lifted in right now. Uh, we got our fly hats on. This is making the big money, and we're coming in on a tower with those baker boards ready to dead end uh, wire. Uh, this is our trucks landing at uh, Hurricane Sandy. Uh, a couple of my apprentices that are now in management, us pulling large underground wires, and some more helicopter work that you just seen earlier. Beautiful photographs. And uh, that was my line built in the day, climbing those towers. So... A lot of fun things, um, a lot of technical stuff. That's one of my more famous drawings. That's the fly lineman eagle. And we used to work at Powerline Trades. So I did develop a, a, a strong pay it forward attitude. And I liked interacting with those guys. And, and it did lead me into this space because probably 25% of what I worked with when I mentored these young men was outside of line work, getting over the starter wife, things like that, organizing their money. How do I still eat right and stay fit in order to be a lineman? These are things that you got to juggle out, but it's worth it because you have resources now uh, when you're in this trade. Now, most of those guys were just trying to get through it. It is kind of hard. We have a close to a 20% dropout rate because it's even with all the search 
guys struggle getting through the program because it's more than they expected. Everybody's scared at height, but what people do to get over it is they focus on the work. And once you focus on the work and you trust your instrumentation and your safety equipment, the height becomes secondary. But anybody that says they're not scared when they climb or get out there, they're lying to you. They just don't know how to shift their emotions away from that fear. Mm-hmm. And, and learning how to do that's actually quite helpful and being able to detach to get to the task at hand is actually quite a helpful skill to learn that uh, a lot it's of linemen learn. It's a good life skill that you can mm-hmm. use in lots of areas. Um, let me let me ask you this, Thor. Is it easier or harder to get into it now than it was when you first got into it? You know, uh, I think it's easier now because like if you take a look at something like I put together, it'll be very straightforward and there's not as many questions out there. But if you're good at searching the internet, you can compile it yourself eventually. Uh, when I got into it, I had to make an application. I was already an apprentice as an inside wireman, and I had to wait, wait, and wait. It took three years before I got the phone call. Mm-hmm. Three years. And then I got the phone call. Hey, you want to go to work? Uh, yeah, sure. Where do I go? <laughs> you yeah. know, and uh, had to go in and have an interview. And then two weeks later, I showed up. And two months later, uh, out of seven guys, I was the only one that passed the apprentice test because I was already an apprentice at an outside line. And I walked past everybody in seniority and picked up my tools and started climbing poles. Mm. Speaking of uh, apprenticeship, on that on that news uh, video that we watched, mm-hmm. they were talking about how you can be a paid apprentice. Mm. How much now we had, we had talked about, like, obviously this, this uh, banner down here, the up to 300,000, that's a, a journeyman lineman, right? Like someone who's sure. been that in would for be a, a lead lineman. That's running a crew pro, uh, yeah. working the overtime here on the West coast where you're getting probably the highest salary or out there in New York, you know, that would probably be where you'd be making that kind of, and that's not unheard of. Most guys can do 200 very easily here. Very well, easy. how how much is would a, an apprentice uh, paid apprenticeship? Uh, it's a good question. Made? It varies across, but I would say it varies anywhere from right now around fifty dollars an hour to start, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, somewhere around seventy as a journeyman lineman. And I'm discounting the West Coast, which is more than that. You get paid much more than that. But I also know that, like in Arizona, I think they start you around forty three dollars an hour, somewhere in there. Okay. So you're looking at like either pretty close to six figures to start. Pretty or, close. Yeah. You're going to be between 80. Yeah. You're going to be at least 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, uh, what, what do we say in the, in the, in this podcast space all the time? Like the, the mean that most people make are like 30 is 30 grand a year. Right. And, yeah, they, they, 30, and then they think that getting a woman is completely unattainable because all women want six figure guys. And, well, if you, get a, pay, if you get a paid outside line apprenticeship, yeah, you're going to be at that $50 rate right now. And you're going to get per diem. That's that daily money coming in. That's worth a couple hours. Mm-hmm. You're going to get 10 hour days. And the only thing you're not paid for is your training time. That's on your own dime. But here is the bonus for the last 10 years. You come out of the lineman program with enough units, college units and a, a an associate in science degree. Because they make you do all the same studies on your own. So you're already halfway there if you do this and you're four or five years down the line, you want to do what I did 
and then you do an extension course like universe uh, you know uh university of irvine university of phoenix one of those laverne whatever they are mm -hmm. university of rochester and you have a four-year degree in just a couple of years of extension study online so you could do that pretty quickly yeah uh, if you want if you wanted a, an education you mm -hmm. one of those people that were like i have to have a college degree that's mm -hmm. how i was <laughs> i have to have a college degree all right gotta be shit. that's yeah. not true that's not true guys but uh yeah well let me uh let me ask you this then too what are uh key skills and qualifications aspiring power linemen should possess or should develop or does this all mm -hmm. they all just get this in training no that's actually really important uh if you should be really good at legos being able to put things together. Jack, maybe it would be great. I, I just, I'm teasing Jack. You don't <laughs> have to, but you should have an interest in mechanical things. Mm -hmm. It can be anything, but if you like taking things apart, putting things together and working with things, and then that would, or, or you want to find out how things work, that would help you a lot. Uh, definitely. If you have basic math and algebra, that helps you a lot. How uh, does math help i'm just curious it doesn't help you until you're actually a journeyman and you have to calculate something like uh, uh voltage drop across a series of wires or how much actual power is being consumed so that you can size a transformer or a fuse that's where it comes into play and then there's even a lot more you can do if you actually have the algebra you'll because people will task you not everybody goes that far uh, but if you have the electrical knowledge People will ask you to do things, design uh, systems, design uh, raceways, how much size of wire to use, things like that. They, people will actually ask you to do, and you'll get it paid extra money for that. Mm. So that's always good. Okay. <laughs> I was curious. So you don't, you guys don't have like special calculators to calculate all that kind of stuff. You guys so, just you, use like pen and paper or what? uh you can yeah then there's it's done for you on the damn phone if you want to okay. just plug it in the phone you're good to go most of the times but that's, so why, that's, that, that, that's what i was going to ask because so i so i obviously i you know my day job i work in uh it and uh i had to learn in school i had to learn how to like convert base 10 to binary yeah so that i could you know figure out how to do subnetting and all the stuff but on the job, we never, I never once had to do that in my So you'll life. actually, you'll actually need Ohm's law. That one okay. you're going to use day in, day out. Okay. You'll okay. actually use that on this job. You got to calculate right. KVA. You got to calculate wire size, but go ahead and put Phil Brad's comment up. Cause I'm going to rip him. Okay. What's he say here? He's calling me John revolting RP Thor lineman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you saw the movie they made about me, huh? <laughs> John Revolta did a power lineman. He did a power lineman movie. <laughs> There's some kind of B grade movie on oh, the storm. He? And there was some kind of drama between his daughter and some other up and coming lineman that wanted to be a foreman. Shit. <laughs> oh, you know, there's, there's actual movies about linemen. Yeah. John Travolta did one a real poor imitation of RP Thor, but yeah, he did one. <laughs> he was, yeah. He I mean, was you trying could to emulate RP Thor. Huh? Yeah. But it's try, they try to be serious and, and pay homage to linemen. Uh, but, you know, most people find it as, as invisible as most women find men. How many times you notice a guy on a power pole? And it's so prevalent that they don't. Even, most people don't even call them power poles. What do they call them? Telephone poles. Exactly. You know how much telephones on poles anymore? 
zero and has been that way for about 60 years. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're I guess all, this is all like fiber, almost, they're, they're fiber all, lines now. They've all been almost exclusively owned by power line companies and the telephone companies rented from them. And it was telegraph poles before that. Uh, but by the time Edison had leased his power and Westinghouse, it was all utilities, you know. So definitely. Oh, yeah. Wichita lineman, man. There you go. There's also <laughs> some power lineman bands out there, country western bands and stuff. I always thought it would be death metal, but no, apparently not. Country western. It seems like. Yeah. I think country folks. Wichita lineman out on the line. Yep. <laughs> um, keeping that power on. You know, there's some pretty amazing art out there around it but most people don't even see it because they do their job and we keep the lines energized for the most part here in america yeah that is not the case worldwide yeah it, i would imagine it's one of those types of jobs where it's like the wizard behind the curtain right like you it, you only have to call the lineman when something's wrong and like and it's like ah oh, these effing guys can't keep the power up but when the power is running great out of sight, out of mind. You, you know, we don't need these guys. We don't need these guys. And next thing you know, there's a shortage of them, right? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's very common in any kind of any kind of uh, you know, trade where you're doing any kind of maintenance and you're fixing stuff. As long as everything's working right, now all of a sudden they're starting to review budgets, and <laughs> it's like it's the wrong time to cut budget. Exactly, exactly. And and here's here's where if you get into the industry now, if this suits you to be exposed to the elements. Uh, guys, I have flown through a place called Afton Canyon in Death Valley in a helicopter 50 feet above the ground watching for broken poles and broken cross arms. And the things I've seen is I'll see freaking, you know, this huge range bull, you know, just things, you know, I've seen full horn, full curl, uh, big horn sheep and mountain lions and all kinds of crazy stuff. Seen bears, you know, in the desert, wild stuff. Have you I've ever coyote packs uh, off the helicopters, you know, yeah. and doing have all that ever... kind of work? It's, it's wild, man. It's absolutely have you wild. ever have you ever been out in like middle of nowhere, national forest somewhere, somewhere like real deep, like humans don't go there because there's no trails. You ever mm -hmm. see a Bigfoot? Ever see a Bigfoot out there? No, but there's some line with some big ass feet. <laughs> <laughs> never seen a Bigfoot, but uh, I mean. <laughs> there's some big ass burly hairy dudes that's for sure you know <laughs> it was really some of the most fascinating times is i did my apprenticeship across the Mojave desert and we're actually starting to get some of the weather that i saw back in the late 80s here in california now and it would be monsoon or that super el nino and every afternoon we get thunderstorms that roll in and i've been on so many thunderstorms now we don't tend to get out there as much because it's dangerous but we would work in the thunderstorms and I can remember being on the ground watching the line in the air and I'd see lightning strike and I'd been on the poles before and you could see the lightning strike. You haven't heard it yet. And then boom, you'd hear it, but then you'd see the lines. They do this and you'd hear a noise going when the lines would twist because they got over amplified and it would shake and break arms because the electrical discharge to the ground would hit and induce a amperage into those lines so vicious at one point, like a bubble, it would shake them and move them all over the place and the poles would move around. You'd hear them coming down the line, go and then go past you because they're shaking the line so violently. I can remember seeing strikes right above me and seeing the guys above me actually glowing in the rain. It was just wild stuff I've seen. So Are you guys, 
when it when it's a, a thunder and lightning, uh, you know, electrical storm like that, you guys are out there working, or, or do you guys come down for safety? <laughs> we used to work right through it. Yeah, we would just work right through it. It's but like you're we, working with electricity anyway, so mm-hmm. fuck it. We work <laughs> it now. Now we kind of back <laughs> off in the rain because of the 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 uh, fatality and air rate, <laughs> and we tend to uh, wait it out for a few hours and then go back. And then the same with the lightning. If the lightning's in the area, we now have safety rules. Says, you know what? There's lightning in the area, uh, and it's starting. Go ahead and you cap up. And it usually passes within a couple hours, and then the damage is done. And then you go fix it. There's no reason to be in that kind of hurry. Mm. We just we used to beat our chest and say, "Here we are to save the day," and yeah. nobody knew. <laughs> only only we knew. We were the only ones recognizing ourselves. You know, we were Viking linemen from hell. Yeah. No, no, no recognition. Just no, no respect, back. no recognition, but you know what? We knew, you knew, there you go. There's we sometimes knew. that's all that, sometimes that's all that matters. Right. Um, okay. How now you touched on some of this a little bit already, but how does your course help individuals with no prior experience or knowledge in the field of power line get started? That's a great question. So I, I, I take the assumption they don't know anything about the field. So I explain exactly what it is. I show pictures, show a little bit of video of what this is all about and what you can make. And then I explain about the apprenticeship programs. There's three different types. They're all accredited. And you have one with the private utility companies. You have one with the, the private utilities and the co-ops. And then you have the municipalities. And then you have what's called outside line. Outside line is sponsored by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, and in my opinion, offers the finest training on the planet. And there's five or six of the joint national joint apprenticeship training committees that's sponsored through uh, the union. I believe they're nonprofits, and they regionally take applications and they introduce those guys and train them from the ground up. What they like to see is a guy that's gone to trade school for three to nine months to get some certifications. And what that is, is they want to see that the guy has the lingo down. Mm. All of the parts, equipment, and the techniques in the trade have their own language specific to that trade. You need to know that. You need to know your basic safety, what you can wear, what you can do, where you can step, what you cannot step under. And then they teach you all of the basic equipment and what to know about it so you don't get yourself cut in half or pinched or drug up in the air, things like that. We call it getting in the bite because those things will bite you. Mm -hmm. That's actually not the reason, but (laughs) there's in the rope, there's something called a bite. And if you get your leg in it, it's going to pinch it right off. Mm. So um, there's a lot of that. They teach you basic rigging, basic knots, basic safety. And then in some of these schools, they actually get you your commercial driver's license so you can drive the big digger derricks around and the boom trucks. And then you can drive the heavy equipment. And then they'll even give you the extra crane certs. And then they can uh, even give you rope certifications, rescue certifications. And now you have CPR and you have first aid. You're basically, here you go. We gave you the raw stuff. And now you can be accepted into an apprenticeship. Those are the guys that always get preference. You can make your application as something else, but you're going to end up waiting for many, 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 many months, if not years. And then they also prepare you for the interviews because there is a, there is an interview process to become an apprentice. 
And they really want to fill you out and know that you're a guy that can keep your word. You're going to show up early and you're going to stay late. And there's a lot of ways to do that through just talking with somebody. Mm-hmm. And they want to know how, how much this would mean to you. And if you have the potential to develop a passion for it. Got and they it. do that because it costs right around a quarter of a million dollars to train a power lineman. And these companies fund it. And that's a big, big deal. And if you get halfway through it and you just say, yeah, it's not for me, that's a big loss. Mm-hmm. Now, they, there is one redeeming factor. Once you get these apprenticeships, they're going to send you out to one of the companies that's contracting for the major utilities. And at least you'll get paid and you'll be able to start doing work at a reduced rate hourly. That's when we were talking about the 40 to 50 to 60 bucks an hour. Yeah. Uh, and then you get these incremental steps until you have got your certification or your what we call a card, a journeyman card, journeyman ticket. And then roughly how long does it take to go from apprentice? Like say you're a, you're a, you're a go-getter it takes four three years. years, four years. Okay. Yeah. Some of the, some of the, um, some of the private utilities will do it in three. Mm-hmm. They have an accelerator program because they really try to get guys out on the line as fast as they can. Cause it, it really behooves them to do it. And generally that they pay a little less than the outside line guys. Mm. They pay less, but the advantages of a municipality is that, when you're working in a region, you don't leave the region very often. So, you know, you're home pretty much every night. That's a good thing. You know, yeah. but that's, um, that's if you work for a municipality um, or okay. a private, um, private utility. Like, like f- for instance, uh, the, the power company out here, it's a, it's a co-op. Uh, yeah. So it, it would be very similar to a co-op. Yeah, absolutely. The private utility, although yeah. the co-ops nonprofit, they put everything back into keeping rates low and equipment up and things like that. So basically I, I, I tell the guys here is a sample. I show them a sample. They get a copy of a sample resume that they can build that will help them when they make their application. Now they won't be sending it in. Almost all of these will be online, but they'll have the fundamental knowledge of what they're going to have to provide into it. They'll also have a list of all of the schools if they want to go to line school, which mm-hmm. is the preparatory school for becoming a, a power lineman in those schools, they can get their certifications or they can seek certifications separate because if you have the certification separate, you could go to work right away, crane mm-hmm. operator, driver, all those sort of things. So you've got a couple of routes to go to actually make application to these larger utilities. Now, nothing's going to stop you from making application right away. I'm just going to give you the ideas of where to go who to call, the websites to go to, so that you can kind of do this in mass across the U.S. and mm-hmm. pick up something very, very quickly. And then, of course, I talk about the Mike Rowe Foundation, because if you don't have the funds to get yourself into these schools, yeah, I think it's closed right now, but it's going to open it up again in the fall. And he gives a million dollars away a year. And most of these line schools cost anywhere around 8000 to 18000 So, you know. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that advantage. Let me, um, we got a couple of questions in the chat here before we get to those. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure like, uh, like, like me, when I was joining the the military, for instance, like I, one of the, the benefits of it was I got to travel. I got, to, you know, y- y- with certain, certain companies, you get to travel around the world, right? Mm-hmm. Or not around the world, but around the country, at least maybe to, to fix, uh, like maybe if there's hurricane season, you got to go, they need people to fly in and fix some of that stuff. Is that oh, absolutely. an option? Any and, one of the outside line companies mm-hmm. out there all run out to every one of these. I mean, Hurricane Sandy, everybody went, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, 
uh, in Florida, everybody goes every Florida. Yeah. <laughs> to the hurricanes. So, so it's, we, uh, we, I've gone, everybody's gone. One year we went to Guam. So, hmm. you know, there are these joint, um, agreements, these joint emergency agreements that all the line utilities have. There's not enough linemen to address these emergencies. So a big part of what we do is when the fires or their hurricanes or the earthquakes come is we do shift all the resources if you and the ones that move the most are the outside lines because they're very mobile mm -hmm. as it is and they don't have customers other than utilities to serve um so it's a pretty pretty interesting uh career opportunity if you want to travel or you can get qualified as a lineman and then you can seek to get qualified as a, a human external cargo lineman and or a bare hand lineman, you get that certification. You can work for a company like Haverfield, which does nothing but travel around the U.S. and that's Big Bunny. And uh, they get in with those helicopter teams, and they do exclusive maintenance off the helicopters so they can keep those lines energized. Bird on the wire work, you see. Mm. And those guys make big bank, but they travel all the time. Yeah. So if you want it, that's what I was gonna say though. Like if, if you're a young guy and you want to travel around stuff like that 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 might be a, a good option for you put some money away for some uh, several years and then if you survive it <laughs> you, if you're, if you have a nice little retirement junkie, goose egg or you know nest egg and then uh if you're you can, an adrenaline junkie there's nothing like hanging off those damn skids and climbing out on that line 300 feet above after you bonded on where it shoots out a six foot lightning bolt to your bonding wand before you can get your clamps on and it, it makes a noise and you can feel around the sides of your face where the Faraday suit is. It feels like ants crawling on you. <laughs> it's, mm. it, it can get uncomfortable too, man. Uh, and then you got your meters on, which is your bleed meters. And if uh, the meters get too far because humidity's up too much, you got a couple minutes, you got to get the hell off the line or you can have a flash over to, to the steel. So it's, uh, it's, it's about as macho as it gets without bullets flying. There you go. Um, all right. So Kate has a, a question here. She says, what are the best states and cities to live in as a power lineman, in your opinion? Uh, anywhere across the United States, once you're a journeyman, uh, if you want to make a lot of money, West Coast is a big place to make money. But you can live anywhere you want. If you're patient enough, you'll get the work as a journeyman. You'll find an opening and you'll go. All right. Um, let's see. I don't here. like working in the snow. I hate snow and I hate fires. I was going to say, man, that's, see, that's when I think of any kind of outside work, I, cause I live in Colorado. I immediately am like, how would this be like in the wintertime? I, I think it would absolutely suck. I don't, I don't want it. I don't care about that. I am not there. I'm in Southern California. The only bad work out here is after a fire. It's just so dirty and dusty. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see, uh, dance macabre says, uh, join late. So if this has already been answered, please ignore, but question current fatality rate on linemen. I don't have the current fatality rate. I know what it was at the turn of the century before, but we'll just let you know this. Out of 120, we had up to 151,000 nationwide at one time and in Canada, but we are the fourth most dangerous um, career to be in, far surpassing police and firemen, which have about six times our number. Mm, okay. Uh, and then he also wants to know if he's too old. Uh, so he's 52. He's in great shape, but is it a bad idea? Is it a bad well, idea to? It depends on your shape, really. I've seen guys, I've seen a guy 44 years old in fantastic shape, make journeyman. He was an old boiler and condenser mechanic and they shut down the plant and he came in and became a, he became a journeyman lineman uh, at 49 years old and then stuck around till he was 62. And 
you know, he had his aches and pains, but he did it. You know, he, he didn't even complain. He just fucking did it. What a you man. Know? <laughs> you know, most guys can't do that. It's going to be laborious and it's long hours. So he just did it. So I can't say that it can't be done. It can be. Guys are probably going to look at you funny because you might not have much life left in you. But if, if, if you're the kind of guy that likes getting up early and you like being on a crew and you like getting along with people, and you're not going to buck the system, but you're going to get shit done for your guys. Cause that's one thing about being on these crews is you end up with a brotherhood and a reputation and that carries you a long fucking way. I've seen one guy get kind of screwed over a little bit by management and the whole goddamn crew walks off. Okay. Go find another crew. Son of a bitch. <laughs> have fun with that one we're gone you know and so that carries a lot of power with it you know and mm -hmm. you get treated pretty good you get a lot of leeway because of that yeah, there you go but um yeah, it, it is possible but it'd be tough yeah kate also wants to know what's the life of a wife or girlfriend of a power lineman like is it like being a military wife i would say Kate, Way better. Kate, kate you get all the money because he's not a brokey and then you go sleep around Way no better. just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Way better because it depends. I mean, if he's a contractor, he's making big ass bucks. If he's here in California, he's probably not going to get moved out of the area. So he's probably going to be home every night. You're going to be in good shape. Uh, and you got a hell of a stud that does stuff that most men can't do and won't do. Um, it's just super manly, super masculine yeah. and, dude. And does dangerous shit. Most of them are family and... guys too. Yeah. They have multiple kids. So I would say the lineman's wife is probably going to be looked to to have more than two children. At least two, if not more. Got to have childbearing hips, Kate. And I, I will she says say she's this, on the prowl. She's on the, the prowl. Majority <laughs> of those, the majority of those gals love being home. They do their crafts. I'm telling you, sewing crafts. A lot of them like doing the homestead stuff, chickens, all that stuff. That's a big deal in the lineman community mm -hmm. for some reason. D well, I mean, if I mean, you're probably making enough money too, where like she doesn't have to work. No, yeah. most of them do not work by choice at all. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. My wife didn't. She ended up running the power lineman or our power or the lineman's factory. Uh, I did that for her. when I met her. She was a county clerk, and you know, as soon as she came on with me and we were married, it was just a, she was part time. By the time she came on with me, it didn't last very long, and she raised our four kids. And believe me, that was enough. Between that, she did that, and she ran a little tea party outfit for the kid or the girls that were neighbors and that turned into a business. And then the Lyman's factory. And ultimately, you know, I made enough money there that it turned into a real estate business too, that she ran. So yep, never had to of, work an official job. Plenty of time. All right. We got some super chats here too. So, uh, dung is fun says I'm a CNC machinist. I like doing it. It pays good. Yep. Yeah. I like that too, actually. You know, it reminds me of a story. I have a really good friend who's a troubleman, which is a, a type of lineman. And he's bought in six of those machines. These are not cheap. These are well in excess of 100 G. And he has a couple guys and they produce stuff. Mm -hmm. What's the CNC machinist do? I know what a machinist technically does. Well, the CNC, it? they got these machines that can pretty much produce anything. They machine, they mill uh, they produce parts. He mostly produces parts uh, for different companies. They come to him and it pays really well. And he earned all his money doing line work and put it into it. And now he is part owner, uh, you know, of a turboprop twin engine jet plane there you <laughs> a, or turboprop. Yeah. And uh, has fun flying and doing all these other things. And I think he's about 
what is he 44 mm. all right oh. so he gets he gets this sound bite here all right <laughs> let's see what else do we got here we got uh nathan brother nathan says my grandfather was a, a, a plumber also a great field he gets he gets yeah, another one that uh, people don't like to do because it's dirty so you get paid really well yeah uh let's see here what uh dungus fine also said this complainers never get jobs he gets he gets this one. Club. Four, 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 yeah nobody four, likes that four. nobody likes the thing and you, you'll get a group of crews that start complaining and, and shit goes downhill, start spread like cancer. And, and hopefully you end up with good crews with good work. And, you know, you get a couple of good ones in there that are about the work and it, it'll squash that. And those guys will go somewhere else. Nice. You got them in every trade though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Debbie Downers. Uh, we got Chad of Arabia. I sent uh seven ninety nine. What is that? Saudi Arabian dollars. So skull to men doing real work and getting paid. He gets, uh, he gets this one. He gets. I'm just gonna one. say it. This guy fucks. Am I right? He does. <laughs> He's cool, man. Yeah, Chad's and K Dan. I know lots of young linemen. You know, they're rather, especially when they hit right around 33, 34. If they're not already snapped up, that's what you want to get them right about late 28. Late late 28. <laughs> yeah, if you can, because they start making such good money at that point. You know, everything that's single in the area. That's kidless. And the ones with kids start immediately they're, putting they're the doing lockdown. like they're doing rugged, manly they stuff. The, they they're making the money. Down. They yeah. put the lockdown on them as fast as they can. I swear <laughs> to God, they do. There isn't one of those young guys out there. It's very rare to see a single uh lineman that's in his 20s or 30s. Very rare. Mm, I believe it. All right, Thor. Well, we're we're at an hour here. Guys, the the course, the check it out. The links in the description. If this sounds appealing to you at all, definitely check it out. Uh Did you drop the, the link? Yeah, the links, uh, the links in the description. It's also pinned in the live chat if you guys want to check it out. And then uh Thor, tell them again why the price is what is why it is. You guys, it's not a question if you can afford it. It's can you not afford this? You really need this if you're interested at all, because Number one, it's going to tell you if it looks like something you want to do and give you every step that you would need to make. I've done the research for you. I'm in the industry that's going to get you in a place where you're most likely to have your application accepted. That's what it's all about. And to, and to drive that home, I took the loaded hourly rate of alignment here in California and made that the price of the hour long course and the documentation at 8821. Yeah. That's so cheap. If you, if you guys buy that, take take the course, use all of Thor's references and and links and and follow the instructions and get a job, you'll make that money back a hundred thousand times over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's well worth it, I think. Uh Thor, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate yeah, man. it. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not not much at all for what's offered. Hey, there. shout out to Michael. Yeah, Mike's a good guy. Mike, Mike's like, oh, nice, more clips. <laughs> all right. Well, Thor, uh, where can people find you online, man? You can find me and the course on becomedurable.com. Just scroll down and look for uh, how to become a power lineman. You know, what do I do? So there's a question mark there. You can find it. You can click on that link. It takes you right to the gum road and you can pick it up right there. You get to keep it forever. There are some PDF documents in there with links and with uh, lists of all of the schools that you will need across the entire nation. 
and it will get you settled in to where you can decide whether this is a career path you might want to follow. You can find me there. You can also find me at RP Thor on YouTube. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Thor. I appreciate it. That's all we got. I think this, uh, this episode tune in tomorrow morning, 10 AM Eastern time. I'm going to be talking about how to be unshakable, how to be unshakable around the whammon and anybody else for that matter. It's going to be a good episode. Uh, Thor, thanks for joining me today, buddy. I think thanks we'll uh, sign off here. Let's, uh, well, I'll, I'll chat with you after, after we close out here. This has been the Come On Man podcast. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.